Today, we've got a couple sellers from opposite ends of the planet talking about their unique Amazon journeys that include selling millions of dollars of video games and also having your supplier serve as a 3PL for you. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world. Real quick, just a shout out to Slushy, the DJ who graciously gave us that music that you just heard for the intro, so make sure to check out his music. Just type in S-L-U-S-H-I-I, and he was actually a former podcast Yes, as well. Now we've got two guests here on today who I don't think they're DJs, but uh, they have uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of other talents that we're going to talk about today. And they're on opposite ends of the the, the world. Igor, uh, where are you at right now? Uh, I am in Calgary, Canada. Canada. Okay. And Peter, where are you? Bradley, I'm in Brisbane, Australia. So it's uh, a day further ahead than where you guys are at at the moment. We're going back to the future. Um, it's it's <laughs> it's it's Thursday over here. It's it's TGIF Friday over there. Um, and, and guys, by the way, out there, uh, people from that location do not want you calling it Brisbane. All right, it's Brisbane, as as he said, right, Peter? Fantastic. That that sounds good, uh, Bradley. Brisbane. <laughs> okay, there we go. Now l- let's start with Igor. Where were you born and raised? Uh, as you can probably hear, I was born and raised in Russia. Back then, actually, I was born in Soviet Union, which doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, Moscow, Russia. Okay. And then what? what uh, at what age did you move to Canada? Uh, 2008, which was, uh, I was 35 years old. Yeah. So I'm pretty old. <laughs> wow. You just totally <laughs> age yourself. That's all right. Okay, cool. Now, so so then that means when you were like eight, nine, 10 years old, you were still in, 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 in yes. Russia. What were you, what, what did you think you would be? Like, I, 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 what, what's the typical eight-year-old from Moscow dreaming about, you know, becoming? <laughs> I know it's your traditional question, but, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm actually totally non-prepared. Uh, I don't, as far as I remember, I didn't have any kind of specific dream. I didn't, I didn't have some cool, I don't know, dream to be an astronaut or something. Yeah. But I think... I always wanted to be rich when I was young. Okay. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. No, I know, I know, I know. It's it's a little bit back in Soviet Union, right? Yeah. Uh, we didn't have Russian oligarchs back then. And I, like, I didn't dream to be crazy rich to, I don't know, to own my private jet or yacht. But I always wanted to have kind of uh, enough money to enjoy the lifestyle uh, I wanted, which was unusual back then. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Kind of- uh, let, let's switch over to uh, Peter. Did, did you, were you born and raised in Australia or were you also born uh, somewhere else? No, Bradley, you can pick up from the accents. Both me and Igor have um, different backgrounds. I grew up in Namibia, which is in Africa, north of South Africa. That's where I grew up. Uh, I went to university in, in South Africa. Near Cape Town, there's a town called Stellenbosch. That's where I went uh, to university. And I actually worked 
in South Africa for about 10 years and uh, had, had a business in South you're, Africa. You're going way, like everybody always does this. I was like, hey, you're going from zero to age 40, like like in five seconds here. And I'm still trying to figure out what you wanted to be when you grew up. So so what, what did you want to be when you grew up? Yes, uh, I grew up uh, on a farm. So that, that was always uh, the ideal. But I guess I always wanted to engage in business for, in some shape mm-hmm. or form. I remember as a primary school kid how I bought even uh, like brittle cream. I don't know whether it's a common term for you guys, a, a hair sol- a solution of some sort from my mates, and I would unsell it to to the kid in the, the next room, sort of thing. So started to, to wheel and deal at a very young age. Okay, I love it. I love it. Now you said you went to university. What was your major? Yes, I, I did mechanical engineering, although I never worked as a, an engineer, but that, that's what I studied and, and completed my studies uh, was mechanical engineering. Okay. And how, how about you, uh, Igor? Did you go to university? Yes, yes. Uh, in Moscow, and I was studying chemistry, which probably I bear. No, I used at some point, but yeah, not like I'm a little bit far right now from chemistry. Yeah. So, so, so then graduating university, Igor, what was like your first full-time job how do you support yourself oh yeah it's it's little bit again uh unusual story but i actually i started working in a uh oil in a oil kind of business uh because by the time uh i think when i was uh on the second year of university uh first of all the girl i was dating got pregnant so uh, my f- and second uh, Soviet Union crashed, so it was all yeah. this wild time, and I had to find a way how I'm gonna make money. So I ended up actually starting my first company when I was 20 years old. Let's stick with Igor for a second here. What was your first taste and when of e-commerce? Was it Amazon, or did you have like your own website, or or how did you first know about the e-commerce experience? Uh, when I moved. To Canada, and uh, again, it was in 2008, uh, late 2008, uh, I sold my company prior to moving, so I was kind of in a stage of my life, which probably a lot of people dream about, you early retirement, right? But mm-hmm. I couldn't uh, handle it well, uh, maybe I was too young to do that, so I stayed in uh, at home probably for six months, and after I just needed to do something, so I met a guy, and actually he introduced me to e-commerce, and we started in 2010, uh, actually in 2010 we opened our eBay account, and shortly after uh, our Amazon accounts. So back then, I feel like uh, a dinosaur. Back then, eBay yeah. was much, much po- more powerful than Amazon mm-hmm. on e-commerce. And yeah, I was pretty impressed. <laughs> with- so, so you were selling eBay for Canada or for USA? Uh, actually, for both. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we we didn't sell our own product right we were selling uh like different third party product i guess the proper term is wholesale right so like we were doing wholesale sales not uh, yeah I mean, yeah mm-hmm. okay uh let's go back to uh, peter for a second you, you said you mentioned you got the degree but uh didn't really 
uh, work too much uh, in that. So what was your first regular full-time yes, it, employment? I, I had a, a, a sponsorship from um, the energy, electricity energy provider in South Africa. So I had to go and work for them. Uh, but pretty much immediately went from engineering into like middle management positions. And I've stayed with them for, for 10 years. Okay. All right. Now, what about you? At what point did you, did selling online or just e-commerce in general hop on your radar? Yes. I, I, I guess even during that period, I, I started to envisage doing home deliveries uh, when people order. I, I was looking at, at like a food retail shop at that time. And uh, I, I thought, you know, if you could do it online, it was premature. It was way before. I mean, today it's very common. I'm going back, I guess, 30, 30 plus years now. So we never did anything with it, but it was a dream. Uh, I ended up doing wholesale food distribution. That was my first uh, business that I owned. Um, and I've done that for 10 years before we moved to Australia in 2002. Um, in Australia, I when you immigrate, you try to, to make ends meet, and we've done many, many different things. My first experience with e-commerce here was a lead generating website that I started in 2007, um, basically matching suppliers of services, tradesmen, to people wanting those services. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Now, um, Igor, you mentioned about eBay. What year did you discover Amazon then? Yeah, same year. In 2010, we opened our account. I just mentioned maybe ninety oh, percent okay. of our sales at the beginning was from eBay, and maybe ten percent from Amazon. What What were you selling on Amazon back in two thousand ten? Not your own private label, was it? Was it just like re reselling yeah, yeah. other things? Yeah, yeah. I was reselling uh, other things. We've been selling video games actually, and we still okay. selling video games. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. So, so then. When did uh, Amazon really start taking off uh, for you then where, where you're like, wait a minute, this is much better than eBay? Oh, it just happened organically. I think uh, uh, approximately by 2012, our sales was kind of 50-50 between okay. these two uh, marketplaces. And yeah, like... Uh, so so let's just take that, for example. You know, like I, I wasn't in the Amazon world in, in those days yet, um, so I'm not sure what typical was, but... What was your sales between e or total eBay and Amazon in 2012? I mean, I, I know you probably don't remember your, the exact number, but roughly. Let's say two million. Oh, yeah. wow. So you, you were selling almost a million each between eBay and Amazon even way back in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Kind and of. it was and it was video games. Yes. <laughs> like, like, you know, like Nintendo 64 or something or, or PlayStation, yes. things like that. Yes, very interesting item. And of course, uh, I probably when we touch uh, private label, we're going to talk about it. But until uh, a year ago, I didn't know what does PPC mean? Because for when you sell video games, you don't need PPC. Everyone knows. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, 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 so like, how, what, what, how did you do this? Like, what, what did you have some like big wholesale account with the, the, yes. the video game manufacturers or what's yes. going on? Yes. Yes. You have to have direct contact either with publishers or official distributors. And it's actually pretty tough business right now. It's not like I'm afraid of competition, but it's pretty tough. I mean, being in video game business. Yeah. Uh, right now, but yeah, demand, as you know, is huge, and yeah. In what, what was your peak year in sales? What year was it? Uh, uh, for video games, or I mean, for just overall? 
uh, no, we keep growing. I guess last year was my our peak because COVID, right? People yeah. Everybody's playing video games. <laughs> yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was crazy. It will usually uh, the sales slow down in April, March, right, and pick up uh, in the autumn and all the Christmas season. And all of the sudden, last year, March, April, we had like second Christmas. So. It's it's crazy, and it still is, by the way. So, 2020 was maybe your biggest year yet. Yes, yeah, yeah, not so, maybe. Ha, ha, uh, oh, definitely. <laughs> so, so how how much in sales uh, approximately did you do across the different platforms? Uh, you mean video games? Or no, I mean just all, all Amazon business. I would say around six million dollars. Six million dollars. Wow, very very nice. Now, how much of that was video games, though? Again, roughly five point five. <laughs> okay, so so it, it's pretty much so. What what's the rest of it? Like like, are you starting your own private label products, or what's going on there? Oh, you're gonna love the story, Bradley. Uh, and actually, it's totally true because, uh, of course, you're always trying to think how to expand your business, improve your business. And little bit over the year ago, I ran out. Uh, on a, a internet into one of your webinars, so I don't remember exactly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like literally uh, out of blue, some very interesting guy, <laughs> which was you, <laughs> explaining, him, telling about his life first and after was uh, showing how he find the product on using the black box mm-hmm. and strange helium 10 tools true story and I, I remember i even texted one of my employee during the night because i said like you should check it out so next day i subscribed for helium 10 and since then we put in a lot of effort to kind of uh improve or expand our private label product so you kind of i guess i owe you something if it's going to be successful <laughs> because you were the guy. Oh, hey, normally I don't take <laughs> gifts, but, uh, but my son has a PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> maybe we can, we can work something out. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Let's go back to, uh, to Peter now. What about you? Uh, what year was it that Amazon became like, hey, this is, this is something that I need to really um, double down on here? Yes, uh, Bradley, it, it was 2013. The, the other business uh, went downhill uh, through the, uh, the uh, crisis. A global financial crisis, and uh, we had to do something else. So uh, ASM came along. Uh, we were, uh, I guess, from the very first people that joined, and um, that's that's where we started. Uh, I think I had my first product, semi-private label, but not really private label. On uh, in about three months' time, it it was a hose nozzle, the, the kind that you spray your garden with, uh, that that I sourced in the US. It was not manufactured there, but I. I got the the guy to uh, attach my my label to it and send that into Amazon. That was happy days because uh, I had supply on on tap and uh, it was it was working right from the start for us. Uh, and it, that that success lasted for about a year till the, the stuff started to crack and in the winter and then you started to get negative reviews and stuff like that. So that mm-hmm. that's when when we started. Okay, interesting, interesting. Now, what was like? What was your first full year? Of selling on Amazon was it 2013 or it was 2014? Kind of the first full year. Uh, we we started well. The first product was 2013 June uh, w- was when we physically started to sell. So that would have been a half half a year. 
that that first year, um, let's say a year and a half, was good with the, the hose nozzle, and and then it, it bottomed out. We we had a year and a half of of real uh, downhill movements. We tried many different products, including uh, uh, skincare products and all sorts of things. So. Uh, uh, ran into competition, ran into all sorts of uh, issues that, that many people might come of, uh, across uh, in, in their journeys. We did not have Helium 10 and all the, the teachings back then. Uh, to, so, yeah, that's, uh, that was uh, the time that we started anyway. Okay. So what, what was your first full year then, like 2014 of, of sales? Like how much did, did you gross? Yes. It's, I can't remember, to be honest, but I, I would guess about a quarter of a million um, to, to say between that and, and, and 300,000 US for, for that year. Okay. And, and was that pretty much all private label? Yeah, I, I've always done a private label or, you know, it was uh, generic products often just repackaged into our, but I've always... I played with with um, uh, the, the, you know the wholesale type concept a little bit, but not too much. But so most of it would be private label. Okay. And uh, what was your peak year? Was it also twenty twenty like uh, uh, like Igor? Def- definitely um, March, April, May is, is our peak season anyway. But last year we uh, we went up uh, like double the year before, uh, and even more than than double, and and that sort of. It's maintaining at the moment at that level of, nice. of last year. But so, what was your total gross sales yeah, approximately in twenty twenty? Less than than Igor, but we we sitting at about one point three million. One point three million. Okay, that's still that's. I mean, how, how many employees do you have? That's only me and my wife uh, that that um, that runs the show. So uh, yeah, it, it's uh, spread thin. I I, I do use um, VAs for things like website design and. But that's mm-hmm. that's minimal. The, the bulk of the work is done by myself and my wife. She nice. looks after the PPC sort of thing, and and uh, I'm more logistics and yeah, that type of. Okay, type of cool. Thing. Igor, what marketplaces are you selling on now? Yeah, Amazon. We actually uh, selling on uh, Amazon. Uh, com of course uh, our biggest one uh, the second biggest is amazon canada we also sell in amazon japan uh, in europe and of course australia uh, of course i'm a little bit kidding because peter is from australia <laughs> uh, we still uh, sell on ebay we have a little bit of like sales through our own website and uh, Walmart, actually, uh, last year, we started selling on Walmart. How's Walmart working for you? Uh, it's challenging, okay. uh, but I am the big believer, again, because I'm so many years. And remember, you already uh, asked me about how it turned out. We used to think eBay is the yeah, yeah. king and the Amazon, and I'm big believer uh, things are changing. So... I think Walmart, uh, they know what they're doing. <laughs> and of course, there is a lot of problems right now, but I am a big believer they're going to grow and they're going to grow very, very fast. Okay. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, Helium 10 will come up with something. <laughs> Indeed. I'm <laughs> for, sure we for, will. For, I guarantee we will. Yeah, you should. You should. But anyway, uh, on Walmart, uh, I mostly right now focused on the video games because, again, it's very easy for me to enter the new marketplace. But we kind of right now trying to 
uh, work on our private label okay. uh, product as well. All right, guys, quick break from this episode for the BTS Bradley's 30 seconds. Here is my 30 second tip. This is on Async Grabber from Helium 10, the Chrome extension. So we all know that when you go to Amazon pages, there's tons of sponsored ads that come up in the sponsored product section. And there's also some frequently bought together products that come up. And also sometimes there's just tons of variations, right? Well, if you want to capture all of these ASINs, run Async Grabber on an actual product page. Usually you guys think of using Async Grabber on search result pages, which is fine. But if you run Async Grabber on a page, let's say that has variations and all these other things, you'll get an Excel sheet if you download it. First of all, all the different variations that are on the page, the top line of the sponsored products, you know, those products that are doing product targeting ads on there, plus whatever a frequently bought together items are showing up at that time. So it's kind of a cool thing to do to your own listing or your competitor's listing, maybe once a week or, or once a month or something, and then just start building up a database of these ASINs that are showing up on your page or your competitor page. We'll talk a little bit about how it is and how it's evolved because, you know, you've still, you know, some things that were really hot in 2012, 2013, 2014, like, well, it got almost impossible to, to sell later on, but you're still doing big business in video games, despite, uh, you know, competing with, you know, I'm, I'm probably guessing on some listings, you're probably competing with 20, 30, 40, 50 other oh, sellers. Yeah. How are you able to still have such great sales despite all of the competition of the people who are selling the exact same thing on the same listing as you? First of all, of course, it's a little bit uh, similar to private label too, because it's all about sourcing. Uh, of course, uh, you have to maintain, establish and maintain good relationship with uh, suppliers. Second, it's a little bit funny and actually listen to your podcast, Bradley, when you were talking about baseball cards. Oh, uh -huh. <laughs> actually, it was very interesting. And sometimes it's kind of similar to this uh, or, I don't know, stock market or something like this. Yeah. because you don't want to panic. So let's say you bought some game and let's say you're not the cheapest, of course, if you can afford to sit on the games, right? So sometimes we just wait until all other sellers are going to sell it. And we know our target price, especially for the older games, which is not going to be reprinted. So uh, supply is limited. So just patience right <laughs> so so then like on sometimes where you know it's it's not gonna it's like a, a limited edition or something like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. do you get you know buy a whole bunch and put it up there for a higher price but knowing that eventually mm -hmm. all these other ones selling lower are going to run out of stock and they can't get more and then you will be able to sell it at the higher price yes yes interesting in a, in a lot of the cases yeah that's the case yeah <laughs> interesting what, what what was your top selling game of of 2020 Oh, uh, funny enough, I don't play video games. Uh, hopefully no one from the publishers listen to your podcast <laughs> because they kind of almost like artistic people. Yep. They don't talk about business. They want you, you, like your opinion, what do you think about this release? Yeah. So I actually have to talk with the member of my team to uh, Give me some him. points to say about <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's usually <laughs> how my conversation goes someone so uh again 2020 was crazy i i would say i don't know if you want to be very specific 
uh, hardware was uh, the biggest one. Like, for example, Switch Lite system. I know all the titles and prices. Also, it it's crazy. not just games. It's like accessories as, uh, yeah, and things accessories, as well. Yeah, accessories, hardware. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's now, let me, let me ask you. I mean, obviously, you don't have to say what your product is. But uh, when you got, because of this, when you got into private label, are you doing anything like in the same niche because you've maybe spotted some trends or you're just doing completely random things for your private label business? We actually doing a lot of totally different things, but uh, just recently, again, uh, probably inspired by one of the masterclass or something, I was thinking, uh, wait a minute, I should try to put video game uh, category in a black box or something and let's see what I can offer so we just recently launched one product related to video games but honestly yeah like we mostly we uh we're doing something else so it's okay. like two totally different businesses for, for yeah the same organization okay now uh now peter um what was your first product like like your first product are you still selling it or or was that long gone no that's long gone that's the host, what was it hose nozzle that uh, plastic hose nozzle Okay. We, we sold that for about a year and a half. And, and then I guess in the winters over there, uh, they get cold and cracked. And when people use them in, in, in uh, summer, uh, they get a bit of water in their eye. And, and so it started to get negative reviews after a year plus. Uh, so that, that came to an end after we, we received negative reviews. But that, that was a good, uh, good exercise for us because uh, we did not have to carry much stock. I could get stock in in a week's time uh, all based in the US, so that was great. Uh, yeah. So yeah, after after that, we we played a bit with with uh, serums and um, you know skincare products and stuff like that. Um, the competition was too much for us at that stage, and I guess our own knowledge uh, was mm -hmm. not up to, up to date or uh, to to compete in that marketplace. But but we tried many many different products. We had the yoga socks, which we sold for a long time, and that's long gone now. We sold carpet, double-sided carpet tape, which was a good seller for quite some time, till till the tariffs uh, brought an end to to that run. Um, so yeah, there's there's many products that we've tried, um, but eventually we we got to one niche and and uh, build a brand around that, and we launched 44 products in that brand, uh, still running 26 of them. Uh, and and I think the fact that all, we of one, all in one brand, all all in one brand, and we keep adding into that brand. Yeah, it's a it's a beauty brand still. No, no, or? that's 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 a home and uh, garden and uh, garden. Oh, home. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's in in that niche, and and um, you you can say if I take toys, it's not toys, but if it's toys, you can always add in in the same niche, you know, and then you keep coming up with new new designs and stuff like that. Do, do you guys have like um, off Amazon presence, like social media or things so that um, you can start collecting some of the data so that when you launch more on the brand, uh, you're able to market to your existing customers or is all your marketing and things on Amazon only? No, we, we uh, from from the beginning, we started, uh, we've got an insert and we, we've got a, uh, an email list, obviously, but we also have Instagram and Facebook. And uh, as time goes on, I must say the brand uh, is sort of well recognized now. In, it's a very small niche that, that we operate in, uh, which which helps. It's a little bit under the radar, I would, I would guess. Uh, but at, at least it's not one of the very, very competitive niches. So you, you don't have the, the big sales uh, items per month. Uh, you know, your best sellers would do roughly $10,000 a month for the best uh, sellers, which is not, you know, it's nothing dramatic. 
but but at least yeah. it, it's also from a competition point of view uh, a good spot to be, I guess. Okay. Now, uh, Igor, what, what's your the difference in profit margin with with your video games versus now your new private label? Um... Of course, depends on the private label. But one of the reasons why I uh, really wanted to uh, develop the private label because uh, in general uh, profit margin for the private label is much higher than for the video games. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, I would say uh, probably sometimes twice as much or even three times more. Although, as you know, it's much more challenging in some ways, right? You have to, <laughs> you have to do PPC, yeah. you have to compete. So it's a lot of expenses too. So, uh, but yeah, of course, private label by far more profit. I'm not talking about some crazy deals, as you mentioned, for the video games when you buy some limited edition stuff for $100 and you can sell it for $500. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, it's it's exception, right? In general, your profit margin in the wholesale much less. What is your like biggest learning curve? Like the biggest like kind of shock, you know, to you like, oh man, what is this? Is I don't know nothing about this. I've been selling on Amazon 10 years and... This is so weird. Was it the PPC or listing optimization or what's been the biggest struggle for you from this transition? You know, you're not really transitioning, but you're just adding to your, your repertoire here. But what, what's been the biggest learning curve for you uh, getting into private label now? Uh, I would say PPC, of course, uh, is the big one. Initially, uh, and uh, I hate to admit it, but when I, again, uh, start using Helium 10, the whole concept of actually using the keyword and search volume and understanding that Amazon, it's like Google, but in e-commerce, right? The whole concept was uh, really, really eye-opener for me personally. Have you ever been suspended or or had to deal with account issues yes. either on the private label or the uh, video game side? Uh, not on a private label, uh, video game, of course, it's very, very dangerous area. That's what I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazon always check, and, and we didn't have a uh, problem. Uh, I will touch the wood, I don't know, on the Russian tradition <laughs> as of yet uh, on our main uh, .com account, right? But we had, uh, we, we've been suspended for a few months in Europe. Uh, we've been suspended for a couple of months in Japan. Uh, and usually it's all about product authenticity, right? They want to confirm. How did you get unsuspended then? Uh, you creating plan of action. You're doing it 10 times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and usually, yeah, <laughs> there is a few, of course, uh, companies I know helping too. Uh, but yeah, honestly, uh, it's, 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 not, it's not, of course, fun. And sometimes you have to just, again, be patient and kind of <laughs> yeah. do it constantly, almost like every day. <laughs> okay. Did you, when you started your private label business, did you keep it on a separate Seller Central account or you have everything together? Yes, uh, we had a big debate actually about it. And maybe I made some kind of mistake. There is a pros and contras, right? Of course, I had a very, very good account. It's the old account, thousands or tens of thousands of seller feedback. And I chose to uh, actually keep the same account and have uh, both private label 
and uh, our, for example, video games, right? And again, there are some pluses and some minuses. Uh, okay. But so far, we enjoy like uh, the benefits of having alt accounts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Now, um, Peter, how how about you? What what's what's been the the obstacles or drawbacks? You know, living in Australia, but then selling in the USA. Like, ha have you run into any issues? You know, be it warehousing, you know, or when Amazon was changing inventory regulations and things like that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, I, I don't think the location matters that much, to be frank. I, I, I think we all, to a certain extent, are in the same boat and connectivity allows you to pretty much operate anywhere in the world. But yes, warehouses, fortunately, uh, I um, uh, set up a workshop uh, uh, or, or a warehouse arrangement many years ago. So that, that didn't affect us that much this time. Logistics, uh, we all know, is, is uh, really challenging now and then uh, so that's for everybody so that uh, we're not unique in that sense i guess the biggest challenge as far as is about 2017 my amazon account was physically hacked uh, and, and that was a massive thing you, you could not talk to anybody i mean you you were non-existent as far as amazon is concerned so that uh, to get that back was was a big big challenge or you know both of you guys have been members of helium 10 uh, elite mastermind group for a while so you know, you guys have access to to so many, um, you know, different trainings that Kevin King does and that the guest. But like, is there anything that stuck out in your mind that that was kind of like a, a, it doesn't have to be a complete game changer for you, but something where you're like, whoa, this is amazing. And you actually used it. And then and then you saw some some positive results from it. Um, first, Igor. Uh, let's start with Peter. Let me. Think. OK, Go ahead. <laughs> yes, uh, it, I, I actually had that. On as a tip, uh, if if uh, if nobody knows about Kevin King, I don't think you you've you've lived if if you don't know of, about him. But it's it's absolutely worth listening to Kevin. Uh, you asked the question before: Do we have any staff? That is probably the biggest frustration: is that you listen to so so many of these these um, sessions with so many good things, uh, and the time to implement them is 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 the issue. Uh, but something that, that I think is important is compliance. He had it on, uh, I think, the last or second last uh, session. Uh, compliance issues, I, I think it's going to become more of an issue. Um, so probably good to look at your products and make sure that you are totally compliant. Okay. All right. Um, Igor? It's hard for me to bring like uh, one specific thing. But as you mentioned, Bradley, uh it's like always good uh, when you uh, when you can regularly update your knowledge and everything is changing. And uh, I don't know, like uh, Peter mentioned, uh, uh, one problem which is compliance with the huge. Another one, of course, insurance. So it's kind of in general uh, very very good to stay on top of things. And I know because I kind of making my way in a private label there is crazy how many gurus or master classes or groups on internet and actually uh, i feel a little bit sorry for the new sellers it's almost like a sea and some of their gurus i mean it's not like a lot of them are legit right but yeah. it's you don't need it like even i can see it like sometimes you're making things too complicated so uh, 
uh, it's uh, I really really enjoy uh, our experience with Helium Ten because it's like almost like your podcast BS free, right? Yes, yeah, so BS free except for Bradley <laughs> Sutton. Uh, that, that's the yeah. only BS <laughs> right there. All right. Uh, what, what else, Igor? What other parting comments can you do? Just you know, there there might be people out there listening. They're thinking about going into wholesale. You know, maybe not necessarily video games, but but just trying to find suppliers. They're thinking about going into private label. Now that you've been in both sides, what would you advise to somebody which one to start with? Uh, of course, it always depends on the situation, on how much money you have and what's your longer term plan if you want to do it like just uh, extra, have extra cash. So uh, if you're probably not... Uh, going to grow it as the serious, serious, serious business and you have to choose, I would definitely choose wholesale versus private label, hmm. uh, especially right now, because I still think it's a little bit easier. Uh, I mean, uh, it's not as complicated. And another problem, I can see how Amazon becoming more and more competitive and more and more big players come to Amazon. Yeah. So it's becoming harder to compete. And if you uh, like just one guy, again, it's my opinion, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, if you just one uh, guy who's trying to do it. And again, if you clearly facing the choice, you have $5,000 and you see opportunity on a private label and kind of equal opportunity on a wholesale, I would suggest to start from the wholesale you will understand Amazon more. You will make maybe less money, but more secured. In a worst case scenario, you're not going to lose all the money, right? You can sell it a little bit cheaper than you bought, but you're not going to blow it on, I don't know, PPC campaigns. And you yeah. can come with zero and we stuck with the product. So it's a little bit safer. Okay. But if you are uh, more serious and want to build a business, I would definitely, definitely go to the private label but I would definitely start building the team as soon as possible because uh, I think again down the road you need uh, you need the team even if it's your wife it's still good for, for the team. <laughs> but yeah. All right, and speaking of that, uh, Peter, like, what's some advice you can give out there of of how you guys made it work? You know, like uh, that's kind of like like a cool thing. You know, you're you're grossing over a, a million dollars. And it's, you know, outside of a couple of VAs, maybe taking care of some things. It's basically like a family run business. So, so, you know, we could probably have a whole podcast episode just about that, but just in general, like how have you guys been able to make it work? I think for us, we've, we've tried many different products and, and we had wins and we had losses. Uh, I don't see it as a loss. It's, it's all part of a learning curve. So when you start on Amazon, except there will be, you will get uh, some battles from from coming your way. It's all good, and it's part of the learning curve. And just take mm -hmm. the positive out of that and move on. My my biggest uh, takeaway would be to, if you if you want to do private label, start building your brand from day one. Don't try to do all ten million things at the same time. Take one thing, focus on it, get it under your belt, and and get it sorted out and understand what you do and then move on to the next thing. Uh, there's, there's a lot to do, but but I think start on one end and, and just work your way through building your brand. Uh, we we a few years in, and, and there's brand recognition. 
uh, for us uh, all over the, the internet now, and, and that's that's a very good place to be. And, and you get people contacting you privately to wholesale your product, that type of thing, which which is great. Okay, cool, cool. How can people reach out to you? Like, you know, you don't have to put out your information out there, but if you wanted, like, can people reach out to you or they can just uh, see you in the Helium 10 Elite Facebook group or how? I'll go first there, Igor. I, but yeah, I'm um, on Facebook in in um, in the Elite group. That that would be a good place. And, uh, you know, if, if we can start to, to communicate there and, and take it further from there, that would be a great um, place for me to, to meet. Igor? Yeah, uh, I think actually uh, I will join the answer. Uh, like, uh, of course, where well, I'm on the social media, but yeah, I'm kind of it's kind of private account. I don't sell any service. Don't offer I love any it. service. I, I but, like people uh, like Helium. Helium. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Helium Ten Elite. Uh, I am part of this group. Uh, or uh, Karen, actually, she is. I guess she is the reason why I'm on your broadcast bradley right yep. she inter- interviewed me once so i'm keep telling she's my uh, personal manager so you can reach me through, <laughs> through her uh hopefully everyone knows karen right <laughs> yeah well, what's your goals uh, igor uh rest of this year next year like if we interview you back at the end of let's say 2022 what would you like to be able to tell everybody about what you've accomplished in in the next year or so First of all, uh, but I think it's a little bit different in my case. Uh, for me, it's not sometimes about uh, how much money you make, right? It's about uh, the way you make it. And we're trying to get as much fun as possible with my team. And actually, I'm amazed and one of the big things about private label, what I like uh, uh, I have members, team members, and it's not even VA, right? Where like, I'm talking about really team members and we have guys in Pakistan. I have my right hand uh, in uh, private label. She's currently in Sweden. I have great guys here. So uh, hopefully out of next 365 days, hopefully I'm going to have fun uh, for 310 days. It's my main goal for the next year. If I'm going to have fun more than 310 days means something mental. Uh, uh, but uh, I f- really want to grow the private label right now. We uh, we have two registered brands and we uh, building the brands. Peter, absolutely right. And it's a great advice to start building your brand from the day one. Uh, so hopefully we're going to have, I don't know, 100 products between two brands. I love and, it. <laughs> and again, have fun with my team. <laughs> that's important. That's important. What about you, uh, Peter? What, what, you know, hopefully you didn't follow Igor's advice and, and get divorced. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I what, didn't have this advice. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you like to be able to say at the end of uh, next year? Yeah. End of, end of next year, I would uh, like to see that we double our turnover uh, on, on the existing account. And I would love to, to start a, another brand with the sole purpose to, to flip it in three to five years after that. Uh, so that that would be uh, I would like to to have a, another brand uh, just to to with the idea to flip it at the end. All right, well, guys, it's been fun uh, catching up, and hopefully, we'll get to see each other uh, in person soon at at one of these events once the uh, world gets uh, back to normal here. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Really, like, yeah, I don't know how you're doing it, but thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, how, how do you say it in Russian? 
Спасибо. 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 Okay, I can only say good morning, like доброе утро. That's about that's oh, about yeah. it there. It's it's good. It's good. It's okay. Good <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both of you, and we'll definitely be in touch. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna check back in 2022, and let let's see how much of those things you guys pledged to uh, came through. Thank you so much, Bradley, uh, and Igor. All the best for you.